Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brennan Black, and today's episode is dedicated to the Ag Ambassadors State Conference. So if you don't know, the Ag Ambassadors are members of their various colleges that are majoring in some sort of agricultural field and are actively involved in their ag departments, whether they're club leaders, officers, involved in an ag leadership class, or they're just overall very active and engaging in their community. So the Ag Ambassadors State Conference was at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, and I attended it over the weekend with four other individuals from the College of the Sequoias. While we were there, we got to listen to a keynote speaker named Kent Reeves. He's a cowboy poet and a packer that uh, likes to work in Kenya and is a very just inspirational guy. He's really great to listen to. Um, he had a great message about uh, just the idea of hard work and just you know sticking with what you love and, and just sticking back to your family roots and uh, a lot of what he said was just very, very inspirational, and he focused a lot on, on a lot of topics of agriculture that are not talked about a whole lot, and these can be um, just newer methods of agriculture or even really old methods of agriculture that are being brought, they're being brought back and that I hope to talk about in, in future episodes, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But after we listened to the keynote speaker, we got to attend four different workshops. And these four workshops were led by industry leaders um, in various different industries, and they pretty much talked about all kinds of different stuff. So the first one that I went to was a, um, a representative of the CDFA, CDFA, or the California Department of Food and Agriculture. Um, her name was uh, Dr. Uh, Silva, and she was a veterinarian that graduated from the University of Dublin in Ireland. And uh, she was awesome to listen to because she talked a lot about antibiotic use and antimicrobial resistance and for those of you who don't know there was a recent law passed in um, California and it might be nationwide I'm not entirely certain on that Um, it likely is but it requires in order to feed any kind of animal medicated feed you have to get a vet's permission to do so you can't just go buy it at a store anymore like you used to be able to and this really affects uh, kids who show um animals for their fares in their FFA and 4-H programs, but it also affects the, the dairy industry, the feed, uh, the feed calf industry, and just a few other agricultural industries that were doing this sort of thing uh, without any kind of regulation on it. And that's an episode that I'm hoping to have very soon, and I have uh, some people lined up to that I can talk to about that, but that was a very interesting um, uh, workshop to attend because it was nice to hear about all of the things that went into place in order for that law to be passed and for uh, what it means for the future of veterinary science, for the future of, of the show uh, animal operations, and and the future of the FFA programs, and basically for the future of agriculture in terms of regulations and, and feed and just the general health of, of the animals that we're feeding the world with. Uh, the second, op- uh, second workshop I went to was uh, put on by a representative from Ag in the Classroom, and I know I've talked about Ag in the Classroom a couple times on this podcast before. I've talked about it in speeches I've given. It's a great place for people to learn how to communicate agriculture on a basic level to consumers or especially to younger children. They offer all kinds of um, just you know activities you can do with kids and, and easy ways to communicate basic information about agriculture. Uh, you have games you can play and they have um, all kinds of resources you can use. And actually, if you look right here, I collected a good portion of the resources they were handing out in this handy dandy uh, pad folio here that they're passing out. So I've got, I mean, they had pamphlets, they had full on lesson plans already written out and, 
and uh, ready to go. Like this one's for grades nine through 12. This one's for grades eight through 12. They have facts and activity sheets. I mean, they had a ton of resources. This is their uh, newspaper. Oops. There we go. This is their newspaper, if you guys are interested in checking that out. I mean, they have a ton of really great information for um, a project kind of like what we're doing in terms of you know educating the public about agriculture. It's just, it's a really great way to start. And I talked to them about the podcast and they'd be more than willing to help out with providing information and providing different methods of going about educating the public about uh, the things that we're trying to, to teach them here. So I thought that was a really beneficial experience to get to see and I actually played a couple of their uh, games and they were a lot of fun and they're a really great way to um, teach others to teach others about agriculture uh, one of these included a relay race where uh, two teams were were split up and they had to put items into buckets um, based off of where that item came from so I mean like, it could be like milk and they had to say if it came from the farm the na um, natural resource uh, factories or the store and you had to put it in whichever one it originally came from Spoiler alert, they all come from either the farm or natural resource, but not a lot of people knew that. I mean, we had people there that came from colleges that weren't super familiar with certain products, and they would say, like, iPads, for example, came from factories, when really they came from natural resources because they're made of metals and plastic. So it really just comes down to the, the base of everything that we own today comes from agriculture in one way or another. And that was kind of the, the central idea of the game. And so it was really interesting to see how they went about doing that and they have a lot of really creative ways of doing that sort of thing and, and engaging with with their audience and with uh mostly small children or, or young students uh you know middle school to high school um but it really works on all ages and they uh you know they have all kinds of fun little games and tricks like they have one uh it's called the five f's of agriculture and it's food fiber flowers forest fuel and you can do that with pretty much anybody. And it's just, it's nice and fun and it's, it's cool to do. And it kind of makes them think about, you know, really what agriculture does and, and why it's important to us. So I enjoyed that one quite a bit. And then we had a lunch break and we went, you know, explored Cal Poly and that was a lot of fun. Met a lot of interesting people there. I have a lot of connections all across California at different colleges now. And we went back and we observed the Alexander Family Farm uh, workshop. and. The Alexander Family Farm one is, was really interesting because it talked a lot about A2 milk, which is um, A2 milk possesses a protein, uh, the A2 protein, which is different than the A1 protein. And a lot of studies are showing now that people that are lactose intolerant might not be intolerant to the actual lactose sugar found in milk, but they might be intolerant to the A1 protein found in milk instead because they find when they drink this A2 milk that they can actually digest it and not have any issues. So. That was definitely interesting to learn about. They also raise um, free-range uh, chickens, and they have uh, you know all kinds of certifications in organic farming. Um, they were also talking quite a bit about holistic agricultural approach, and also their uh, a regenerative agriculture approach, which are things that I've discussed with a couple of the dairy farmers here in Tulare County, and there are episodes that I hope to get out very soon. So you guys will get to see everything that I can find on that because I'm going to be asking the Alexander Farm people all kinds of questions I'm going to be interviewing hopefully one of the dairymen we have here in in Tulare County and you'll find out who that is hopefully sooner rather than later but it was a really excellent experience for that kind of thing we, I mean we interacted with a ton of people and we got to learn so much about all all different types of agriculture from across uh, California's west coast and it was just a really 
beneficial experience overall for networking ability and for um, expansion of, of the project we're trying to hold here. And that was kind of a, a lot of what I took away from it. But also besides that, being an ag ambassador, it becomes our responsibility to set an example for everyone else in the ag department and really every other student on campus anyway, because we're the leaders. We're, you know, we're the top of the ag department in terms of leadership and in terms of being uh, active and being engaging and making sure that everyone feels welcome. And so we took away a lot of really important lessons on how to effectively do that, about how to effectively get people engaged and active and jumping around and moving and social and, and being comfortable with others and you know just a lot of that stuff that we tended neglected a lot when we were having meetings and, and just going about our officer business. So we're gonna be implementing a lot of that kind of stuff in our future officer meetings and in our future ag council meetings and I'll be sure to show you guys the results of, of what goes on and, and what exactly we learned from uh, our experiences there at Cal Poly. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope you guys are as well. And if you are fellow Ag Ambassadors or if you are related to some method of agriculture education, which I really hope that you are trying hard to be, then I would definitely recommend you trying some of the methods that we're going to be experimenting with uh, over the next couple months and we'll let you know exactly how they work and and what you know what works and what doesn't and what's more effective in in terms of really trying to get people active and, and out there and just spreading the word about agriculture because that's our main point here so moving on past the ag ambassadors conference because there's a lot there to talk about and there's so much that i would love to go into actually before i move on there's one thing i do want to get to and it was another keynote speaker that we uh, listened to right before we left that day and he was I don't remember exactly what he was exactly, uh, unfortunately. I'll have to look into it again. But he was a former uh, Cal Poly dean or, or president of Cal Poly or, or something along those lines. And he he worked there for 30 years, and he retired 15 years ago, and he still goes back every year to help out those kids. That's how much he loves the idea of the Ag Ambassadors program. And so it was really inspiring to hear his story. And he told this speech about owls that was just – it sounded ridiculous when he started, but the way, the direction it went was really inspiring, and it basically left everyone in the room speechless. And the story was, he talks about owls and how burrowing owls would live underground and they'd have their little conferences. Um, they go to the beach and they have conferences underground. Well, one day they noticed that one of the owls wasn't at the conference, and so they poked their head outside and they saw her flying in circles above the hole. And so they said, hey, what are you doing up there? And she said, I'm flying. And they said, well, get down here. We have to have a conference. She said, no, fly with me. And she taught them all how to fly. So they spent that entire afternoon, instead of going to the conference, they spent the entire afternoon flying. So once they finally got done with the day and it was time to go home, instead of flying, they walked. See, the problem with that is they spent all that time flying for nothing. They just walked home. So what's the... What's the purpose in, in going somewhere to learn a unique skill just to not use it when you go back home? And that was kind of the, the purpose of the, uh, that was kind of the message of the speech that he was giving. And it was really, it, it hit pretty hard because, you know, whenever we go to FFA conferences or, um, you know, just leadership conferences in general, we learn a ton of stuff and hardly any of it makes it back home. I mean, we talk about it, we learn some, some of it and we might take it back and improve ourselves personally but we hardly ever implement it into our meetings or we hardly ever implement it into recruiting activities or, or presentations or education programs or lesson plans none of it ever makes it that far 
And that's because we learn how to fly, but we don't see the value in flying enough to take it back and teach others how to fly. And so he gave us an option. He said, when you leave today, when you go back home to wherever you're from, you have two choices. You can either take what you learned today, fly back home and teach others how to fly, or you can just forget everything that happened this weekend and you can walk home. And that also hit pretty hard with us because everyone in my group was very inspired by everything we learned over the weekend and we wanted to implement these new ideas and we wanted to teach others how to fly and we wanted to see everyone in the Ag Council and in the Ag Department in general thrive and so we all kind of took an initiative to band together and to see that every idea that we had over the weekend gets tried and just we wanted to see if it works and so that's kind of our goal right now is to see exactly how things are going to go with the ideas that we have and just seeing how everything can be, can be implemented and, and what is really effective in terms of recruitment and in terms of getting people active and engaged, and engaged during activities or meetings. So I just wanted to leave you guys with that and I will definitely let you guys know exactly how that goes as time goes on. So moving on to a second event that has happened recently. Um, today, I was fortunate enough to attend uh, what's called Harvesting the Leaders of Tomorrow and it was a career expo at Fresno State, um, at the you know Fresno State University, and they had a ton of vendors there. I mean, vendors from all across the world or country rather, um, just doing all kinds of different things. Um, I mean, they had uh, organic planters, they had packers, they had uh, Gen X, which is a genetics company. They had um, feed companies. They had. Uh, banking companies, uh, they had Farm Credit West there and, and, and uh, the USDA and they had all kinds of different uh, vendors there looking for interns and looking for kids to hire and looking for people to give opportunities to and they're opening doors for people to go and take advantage of which I think is amazing and awesome and great and I talked to quite a few of the vendors there. I made quite a few connections and learned a lot about what's going on in agriculture today. I talked to uh, the Gen X people quite a bit and they were very intrigued by the idea of having a podcast and talking about ag issues and what's going on in the ag world today. And genetics is a huge part of what's happening in the animal agriculture industry right now, especially with all the genetic modification going on in crops. A lot of the animals are being genetically modified too, just not in the sense that we tend to think about. Um, it's more crossbreeding and they do it through artificial insemination now to keep things safer. And so there's a lot of that going on that people don't tend to understand. And so. I had a long conversation with that guy. His name was Curtis. He's a really nice guy. And I'm hoping to have him on or someone related to uh, that company on the podcast very soon to talk about the future of genetics and agriculture. And so I thought that was a really interesting topic. And then I went and talked to another uh, company um, that was uh, called Syntogen. Sorry. Hold on. Basically, they were a chemical producing company. Um, they produced not just chemicals, they produced technology that protected plants. They were entirely based around protecting plants and their entire um, premises was based on the idea that, you know, um, with everything going on right now in agriculture, that plants need to be protected. They're the ones that go about and doing that sort of thing. Uh, sorry, let me see if I can find it here. Um, and they were, very, they, they were very interesting to talk to as well because they were Oh, I suppose I don't have it. Never mind then. Um, 
they were very interesting to talk to as well because they took things from a perspective that I hadn't thought about before. They're very oriented around technology and less oriented around the actual practical use of what's going on in agriculture in terms of production method. They, um, and what I mean by that is that whenever you're thinking about agriculture, your average consumer is going to think of you know an old guy in, in overalls holding a pitchfork maybe driving a tractor if even that and milking his cow with one you know with one pail on a stool you know by hand unfortunately this image isn't nearly as accurate as it used to be and because of that people see modern agriculture and see it as this evil terrible dangerous thing because they see all the technology that's being implemented and they don't trust it and i had a long conversation with uh, the people about this uh, about advancements in technology in technology and agriculture and they agreed with me completely when I said that it's important to implement this technology but it's possibly even more important to make sure that the consumer knows what technology is being implemented as it is implemented that way the, t the consumer understands why the farmers are doing the things that they are doing and that what they're doing is not wrong or dangerous or evil that's in the best interest of the consumer and it's in the best interest of everyone involved and so we had a long conversation about that and that was very interesting i had long conversations about um food safety about organic versus conventional agriculture about uh water rights about uh new um new technology or new advancements in regulations i talked to the usda a bit um about what's 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 to come in terms of agricultural regulations and in terms of uh, legislature and agriculture and they couldn't tell me a lot obviously but i did learn some things and i'll be implement or i'll be talking about those in future episodes so um, I did get quite a bit of information from today's uh, career expo. I, I did make some connections in terms of potential internships, but I was more looking at it from an educational perspective. Every vendor I went to asked what I wanted to get from the vendor, what I was looking for, why, why I was there. And every single one of them, I told them the same thing. I'm keeping my options open, but because I want to be an ag teacher and because I'm so passionate about educating others about agriculture, I'm here to learn. I want to know what you guys do, why you do it, how you do it, and what in what way can I communicate that to the consumer so that they understand what you do, just like I do and just like you do. And they all pretty much agreed with me in, the, in saying that that was a really important task. And so it's something that I've been working on a lot more lately, and that's partially why episodes have been kind of scarce lately is because I've, ha I've been having a really hard time getting um, interviews together because I've been doing so much research and meeting so many people I just haven't really been public publicizing it and so that's gonna change pretty soon I have a bunch of interviews I have lined up I had topics out the you know wazoo about things that I need to talk about that are really important new ag technology new ag regulations new um, methods of, of production that are coming into effect and uh, just new things that farmers are trying that a lot of people don't know about yet and, and what's to come and, and what uh, farmers are feel, fearful of and these are all things that I've had tons of conversations about with tons of people I just haven't put any of them into episodes yet and they will be coming soon I can promise you that I actually need to work out all the kinks on who's gonna be saying what and when and I'm working on all that right now and I hope you guys are excited for it because I sure am I'm not sure if you can tell but I've been doing a ton of research to make sure that I have stuff for you guys to listen to and it's all extremely relevant but none of it is what you will expect and that's where i'm going to leave it because it's all just things that are new 
that nobody can see coming that I am still learning about. So it's very interesting for me. And I hope that all of you are excited as are as excited as I am to learn about what's to come in agriculture because it's going to be our job, it's going to be your job to go out and educate someone else. Go tell your mother, your grandmother, your father, your grandfather, your best friend, your uh, significant other, your dog. Tell everyone that you can about what you're learning here today and what others are learning and have that conversation out in the streets about whether or not what's happening in agriculture is a good thing. Because whether or not you think it is, just having the conversation is more important than believing everything that's happening in agriculture is good. Because I'm more than willing to admit that some things in agriculture could be bad, but I need to know exactly what is bad before everyone in the world starts saying that agriculture as a whole is bad. Because that is something I can't stand for. But I can stand for working together to have a more significantly effective, productive form of agriculture that everyone can benefit from and everyone can be satisfied with but it can still feed the world in the way that it has to for the next 30 years until our population flattens out and plateaus to the point where we're not going to have anybody starving and that's going to be an extremely difficult task because we have people starving now but that's more of a legislative that's that's more of a legislative issue than anything but that's beside the point basically if you don't take anything away from this episode take this away Over the next few months, I'm going to be producing a ton of episodes on the World Bag Expo. I'll have one on that next week, on new advancements in agriculture technology, on new methods of agriculture that are being implemented, on new production methods that are being tried and tested and experimented on, on theories that I'm currently writing on um, animal agriculture specifically, just to give you a a brief um, look into what's to come and just all kinds of new things coming into agriculture. So if you're interested in learning about that, I would find it extremely valuable if you would join me in my pursuit to educate the consumers about what's going on because there's gonna be a lot of changes in agriculture really soon because of what's going on. And if they know, then great. If they don't agree with it, fine. But they at least they need to know. And that's where I need your help. I need you guys to be out there in the field, not in the literal field, but out there on the streets talking to whoever you can get near you about what's going on in the agriculture industry because they need to know where their food comes from. They need to know what's being done to their food. And they need to know the truth about what's going on behind the scenes. They need to know that not all farmers are dangerous or evil. In fact, very few are. I'm not sure if there are any that are, you know, trying to do something bad for the world there are some that are a little corrupt there are some that don't really know what they're doing but i fail to see any that are directly trying to hurt people through their processes a majority of farmers that i know are really good people and they're trying to do the right thing to feed the world and i have a hard time believing that the consumers believe that as well and so i would really appreciate a lot of help as i go about my quest here i guess you could call it to go and educate as many people as I can about everything I'm learning right now because there's a ton of it and I'm gonna pass it on to you guys so that way you guys can do the same thing. So that's your homework. Just keep having the conversation. It's what all of us need right now. So thank you and don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer.